0: Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties. A first time for this show, this week's guest is touring musician Wonder, and this is actually our first conversation, ever. Wonder had reached out to me via Facebook and asked if she could be on the show while she was in town. I am so glad that she did so that this conversation could happen. Uh, If you are an artist and are interested in being on Bad at Parties, feel free to reach out via Facebook Messenger to Bad at Parties or email your request, to BadUpPartiesPodcast at gmail.com. Quick personal promotion, I'll be playing at the Tractor Tavern this Wednesday with my band Bears and Other Carnivores. So if you're in Seattle on August 31st, come on out. Show starts at 8. Okay, I'll have links to Wonder's website on our social media, so check all of that out right after this conversation. Wonder, I am a bad card to add, and I just... I barely ever use it. It just sits oh, in the Oh, that's the a good driveway. car, Dad. No, it looks bad, Netflix though. and it's... is better than abuse. Fuck. <laughs> 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 and, and that's the quote. <laughs> that's the quote for the day. But you are going back out. Yeah. Where are you headed to next?
1: Um, I'm just going to do another rotation. Um, I'm going to... I'm officially going out on the... 15th of going south to California, and then over through the desert again,
0: and then... On the 15th, you said? October 15th. Cool. I have a month and a half. That's great. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of time. hmm Is it like you're joining up with somebody? Mm-mm. It's just you've committed to some dates.
1: Yeah, and now, I've, now I'm on the clock to, like, fill them. Like, I've got something booked in New York on November 29th, and I've got something booked... In Santa Fe on November 1st, and I just have November 2nd through the November 20th. Right. <laughs> That's
0: the hard thing. It's like you can book the places that you know or that are the big right. cities yeah. or that you've got a friend, but then it's all of the in-between that is the hard work.
1: Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's exciting, but it's also scary. Mm-hmm. Are we podcasting right now? Yeah. We're oh, replying. my gosh.
0: That's how quickly it starts.
1: Wow. I know. We're doing <laughs> I <didn't> it. Know. <laughs> wow.
0: I know. Well... So I would have started immediately when you got here, but I wanted to make sure you got food.
1: Oh, thank you. You didn't want like slurpy soup sounds no. in your podcast? No. And I also <laughs>
0: didn't want to not be able to eat because oh. if I was eating then I couldn't ask questions. Sure. eat. sounds shitty to me. I want to fucking eat. But <laughs> <laughs> if it was just an hour of like eating noises? Yeah. That's the bonus episode.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Perfect. Well, that's tight. So you, you're done with this one and you get to go out pretty soon. Yes. Yeah um i liked getting to see you today thank you yeah we didn't and that was a good thing we didn't i tried very carefully not to talk about your music while we were eating because i wanted to be able to like actually oh! talk about the stuff i was oh listening my gosh to. yay yeah i hit it you did i cleverly hit it oh my it. gosh um we kind of like so you were at the acoustic the acoustic festival yeah the seattle acoustic festival the seattle acoustic, <laughs> acoustic it's festival. third year yep and it's over so nobody can go to it. No, it's they can like, go
1: tomorrow. Oh, they can go tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow will be yesterday by the, the time this gets out.
1: Time traveling.
0: Yep. Sorry, time travelers. Sorry. You're the only ones who get to go. Leave your <laughs> friends behind. Um, it was really tight. It was really good. You are playing outside. I was. Which I felt like probably wasn't what you imagined you were going to be doing when you had booked a, a show at like this big kind of open space church that you were going to end up being one of the people who was playing outside.
1: Yes and no, like, I, it's my first year doing it, sure. and I also, I thought it was really cool that Elijah asked me to do it, because the Seattle music family is so, like, kind of tight-knit, and mm-hmm. I've just been orbiting it for two years, mm-hmm. like, I, I got in Seattle proper two years ago, and then I tried really hard for, like, two months to get plugged in, and then a bunch of bad things happened, and I had to leave Seattle and get on a cruise ship and go sing on cruise ships for two years. Oh. Then I got back last November and immediately went on tour. So I like haven't really been in the scene. So it was really cool that I was even asked to be involved. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, and so it was like, ah, sanctuary thing looks really cool. Maybe next time. Mm -hmm. But it's also like and it's funny that you brought that up because I I've been processing that lately, the whole like, Why do I feel estranged from the Seattle music family? Mm -hmm. And then like why am I jealous of other people who seem to be getting faster access to it than I am? Sure. And it's like, this is a direct result of a choice that I made mm-hmm. that I stand by. Right.
0: Yeah. And also, I think it's, it's one of those funny things of that, that social constructs of like, um, do you have easy access? Do you not have easy access? Like, you made this other choice. And it didn't benefit you in the time that you needed it to benefit Mm -hmm. you in that specific way. It's not like you made the wrong choice. Right. It's you made the right choice for Mm -hmm. that time and now you have to adjust for this time. Right. It's totally, I totally get that. And it's, it's tough, but it's not like now it's like, well, I've missed out or I've missed an opportunity. It's just like, so what? Yeah. So what? I'm a little bit behind these other people. It's not a race to the finish. Totally. We're just, we're all completely independent people doing this different thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was it was cool getting to see you there. It was cool getting to see. Um, I only saw a little bit of Debbie Nyber. neighbor.
1: Oh my God, um, Miller.
0: Miller, Miller.
1: Thank you. I'm not the only one.
0: Nyber is a neighbor <laughs> is a different person. Also in Seattle, <laughs> Debbie Miller. Yeah, Debbie. I like
1: yelled out her name very excitedly. I was like, Yeah, Debbie Williams.
0: <laughs> not Williams. Katie <laughs>
1: Kufel. Kufel. Kafel, I still can't say her name. Was like, It's Debbie
0: Miller, and I was like, Oh totally. God. She, I got to see two of her songs. She killed it. Yeah, she is, did. But that is always my fear. Is it
1: Kufel? Kufel? Kufel?
0: I don't know her. Katie? Yeah. I don't know Katie. Oh, I've never okay. met her before. Oh,
1: you're talking about Deb. I, oh,
0: yeah. I only saw Deb. Oh, okay. Um, so she did great, but I'm always afraid of that, like the fear of like, what if I forget the person's name, whether it's on a show or on the podcast, it's, I feel like that's the biggest fear. And it's, I don't know, as an audience member, like I like, I like the performance that has one to two mistakes. Like show me that you're human. Show me that you like go. you're relatable, and then recover well, which you did. And then you just keep going. It's oh, was like, yeah, "Oh yeah, I forgot her name. Ha ha ha!" And then you move on.
1: No, but after that, after like after all of that mm-hmm. when she was starting, I was like, "Yeah, I remember why." I know. Was there? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. cool. just checking. Just making
1: sure. <laughs> I'm making sure you know exactly how many times I'm.
0: I'm having... saying Grace was still allowed to you by us, the audience members. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> it was still good. Um, well, that's tight. And you're, you're going to be going out on pretty soon. And you've got like new music that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Because you just released a single.
1: I did. Which yeah, I that's listened
0: from... to it was really good.
1: <gasps> Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, it's from March. It's old. And it's, it's still like, old, but new enough that I kick myself over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate that. I hate that transition of like, oh, I hate this. And then it seasons.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is
1: amazing.
0: totally. i was I was talking with uh, my friend Sherris Kevin, who was on the podcast like very, very early on, which I guess this is uh, still early on. But she um is just getting started like playing, and she was playing at the Connor burn the other night. And she, like was just saying, like, you know, I've got some newer stuff that's my like second round of like writing music and putting it out. And it's so exciting to me to, like finally, like, be really excited, like, now I have some music that I've put out before, Mm -hmm. and I have, like, some experience, Mm -hmm. rather than, like, being, like, I'm finally writing songs, Mm -hmm. and I feel like, I was saying to her, and I, I still think this is, like, no matter where you are at in creating your music, you're always going to think that what you're writing right then is the best thing you've ever made, otherwise you wouldn't be making it. True.
1: You know? Yeah.
0: And I think that, like, it's that funny weight that you have to, like, balance of, like, what I wrote before, what I've made in the past, is not worse because someone liked it. Otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't... Yeah. Yeah, and right? I liked it a lot at one point. Yeah. Yeah, and so even if you're getting to this point where you're like, okay, that's out. It's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't love it the way I loved it before. That's okay. It's just time. That's mm-hmm. the only distance between you and it, and, yeah. like, growing.
1: I totally, though, like, the single... um I'm learning to fall back in love with... Because I went, like, five months without even listening to it. It just kind of sat in my inbox after being mixed and recorded. Uh, And I decided to go back to it and release it as a single. Because the rest of the CD, besides, like, two or three songs, is going to be um, the live recording from one of the house concerts that I did in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. The Flatbush Avenue concert series. So it's going to be those. And, like... I feel bad because all my all my releases are just like, sort of, catching up, and so, what's coming out on the CP is everything that everybody was asking me all tour like, do you
0: have this on the mm-hmm, CD? Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, nope, I sure don't, but it might come out later. Yeah,
0: which is great. They're gonna get it now. They're they they've built the desire. <laughs> yeah, and
1: mm-hmm. now I have to put together a new set list for next mm-hmm. tour, and it's. I have to. I'm gonna be smart and incorporate stuff from like my different releases. It's good. But in preparing for that, um, the other night I was driving through Wyoming, mm-hmm. and I was listening to all of my old stuff sure. for kicks and giggles. Yeah, so good. And I listened to all of my first EP lungs, and I listened to all of my. Level Zero EP, which is mm. before the first EP, which mm-hmm. I don't ever talk about because it's dead. It's called The Minotaur. Sure. Um, I listened to all of that, and I was like, you know what? Like, this is really good. Like, really? I've been a palatable songwriter for a while. Hell yeah. And I would listen to this.
0: Dude, that's so good. Yeah. And I feel like when you come back to that stuff, you can say, like, well, the things that I would do differently are small things, like small, mature like I would sing this different. My voice right? has changed You're a little like bit. like
1: arrangements stuff. Yeah, my yeah. arrangement
0: might have changed. My my like my ability to play guitar has improved, and mm-hmm. so I would do these chord shapes a little bit differently, or maybe a little bit more purposefully. Mm-hmm. And I think like coming back to that stuff once it's had time to like fully scar and heal is so yeah, is so exciting.
1: Totally. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Scarring and healing. Hmm. I like that. Cool. It's very good. <laughs> nice. Thanks.
0: Well, that's what we're here for.
1: What are you going to do when somebody accidentally calls you a wrong name on your podcast? Like, ah. what if your worst fear happens
0: to you? Kick them out. <laughs> they have to leave.
1: <laughs> that's the end. They just hear the door slamming. Yeah,
0: and that's the end of the podcast. That's the 15-minute podcast.
1: <laughs> I like it. And then it's a podcast done forever at that point? Yeah, like that's how we we'll end it. you
0: Alex and it's just done. Yeah, so Alex Zoom. Nope. <laughs> Closed door. Done. Nope. And then it'll be over. So... You have been doing all this music, mm-hmm. you put out the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you reached out to me. I did. Which is so exciting. It made me feel really great.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you weren't creeped out.
0: No, not at all creeped out. I mean, I, so I've had, we had Autumn on the show before and she was kind of more of a tertiary friend who is a friend of a friend mm. and I would interacted with her a little bit, but like literally this is the longest conversation we've had at this point. It is. It is. How are you feeling so far?
1: I feel really good. You're such a great person to talk to. Oh thanks, man.
0: It's great. I'm trying.
1: You're so warm and kind. <laughs> and I was so nervous. <laughs> I was just like, here's this person who's having these great conversations with these
0: great people. And what if I I wasn't ca- asking for gumlets. I now I feel like I was totally fishing. <laughs> <laughs> what if I call him Alex on the show? Oh, it's all good. Um what was it? Oh, I had this oddless thought when you were playing. Um, You played a bunch of songs. You played the uh, Father Moon. I did. You played that. You played a couple different ones. But Father Moon was the one that, like, of course, you put it at the very end, and you were smart in doing so because it was, like, the catchy, like, really catchy one that's going to stick in your head after it's done. But I felt like I was getting this strong vibe of, like, um, male relationships throughout your life because it's your very, like, first-person perspective Mm -hmm. storytelling in Mm -hmm. your songs. And you're talking about whether it be... Uh, family relationships Mm -hmm. or, like, uh, romantic relationships. Like, these kind of male relationships in your life seem to kind of permeate your stuff.
1: They sure do. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you feel like that's still happening in your stuff that you're writing? Do you feel like you're tired of it? Are you excited by it? Where are you at with that?
1: Um, I go through cycles of it. I like when I can sort of branch out from it. Like, my song Bird is just about, like, traveling. My song... Mm -hmm. Stay put is about not traveling, but it's also about, like, being in a relationship and oh. not traveling.
0: Hold on. I wrote down... I'm going to pull up my phone, which oh, I never right, do, but notes. you wrote down... I don't. I usually oh. don't have notes, but I wrote down this lyric that you said. Um, I may have just caught it wrong, but it said, When you stay put, you risk having something to lose, and when you don't leave, you risk having people to leave you. Is yeah. that right? Did I get it right? That's
1: completely right. Yes. You Nailed
0: it. Is that from the stay one? or is Yeah, that, the yeah. stay put. Cool. That was... A great song. Thank and I, I, I thought was just like, when I heard that a little bit, I was like, mmm, killer.
1: Thank so, you. so good. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So
0: I that's guess. branching away from the relationship stuff.
1: Sort of, yeah. yeah. Like, little, I would leave little clues in it, like, um, a line in Stay Put was, uh, don't know how to handle this pace when I'd rather run. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely, I was in, ah, uh, and I alluded to it in my song, Finger on the Pulse, when it's just like, by the way, this is also about... This is not just about car accidents, it's also about being in a relationship where you can't find your footing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got out of this eight-month thing, like, a month ago, um, mm-hmm. with somebody who just, like, went way too deep, too fast. Wow. And the whole yeah. time, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I'm, like, really uncomfortable, but at the same time, like, you're treating me better than anybody ever has, sure. and It would be stupid to be, like... It would be stupid to be, like, I supersede what you say your boundaries and your knowledge of yourself is mm. and, and I don't think this is healthy for you so I'm going to break up with
0: you for your sake. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of the um, you're moving really fast uh, but I think it's bad for you. Exactly. Hmm.
1: Yeah like I I have worked really really hard to be somebody who who I, I think and I hope that mm. I, like I'm stronger now than mm-hmm. I've been before and like I've worked really hard to have boundaries and so when I perceived like all of this affection and like all of this vulnerability so fast and it was just like I was doing some processing recently and it was like uh, it was like I never had this chance to look at this person objectively because it was like as soon as I met him and as soon as we met he like it was like he just kind of swallowed me up mm-hmm. and I never gotta look at the outside. All of a sudden it was just like flesh and like beating and like I have this empathy superpower. Mm -hmm. So like that on top of him being like, know me, see me, like Mm -hmm. and then him being like, I am all about you. And -hmm. so when the red flags popped up, I was like, that's a red flag. But I can see why this is happening. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to excuse it away. Mm -hmm. Um but Trying to find my way back to the rabbit trail through that. No. <laughs> um, and I finally got to a point where, because uh, I tried to break up with him a couple times and he was he wouldn't have it, which is <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, I was in Florida, and I was talking him out of a spiral that he was having on the phone, and trying to get to a place where we could just go to sleep sure and hmm. he was like oh i just made it a thousand times worse and i was like what'd you do and he was like i just listened to the first song you ever wrote me and i was like why and we were already like broken up at that
0: point we've hmm. been broken up for like and you were still like month. taking care of him
1: then we were still talking every day hmm. like it was definitely a mutual thing like i was on the road like touring by myself was the hardest thing i've ever done sure um and he was unemployed at the time so we would just like Talk on the phone for all my drives, and he would just be on call anytime anything stressful happened at my shows. Mm. Um, and but we were broken up essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, in like your guys's opinions, like you had like said the words, "We're not dating."
1: Right, and we'd like made it public, and we made an announcement because we we're both like public figures. Okay, uh, but. Yeah, and so it was just this weird, like, relationship limbo. Sure,
0: because, I mean, I think about that, and I think about, like, what would your relationship look like if you were on the road, if you were dating? How would it have been different than exactly. talking on the phone? Exactly, yeah. yeah, and it's I It's so, that. like, in, like... In, like, words, it's different, but in deeds, it's the same. It,
1: truly, yeah. yes. And that was... I kept coming back to that, and it was just... I felt... It was really humiliating, in, in a sense, because I didn't...
0: Well, it's hard, because it's not fair to either of you, because it's, yeah. it's lying to yourselves. Totally. It's like saying, like, we're doing this, and then not doing it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't really know what to do.
0: Um, sure. I knew that
1: I wasn't strong enough to walk away, but hmm. when he... In that moment, when he was like, I just listened to the first song you wrote for me, and I was like... You used me to hurt you just now. And you Mm -hmm. put somebody that you want me to be in between you and me trying to help you. Sure. And you've tied my hands behind my back and there's nothing that I can do.
0: Yeah. And I think that, like, that's such a relatable situation as someone who is living with their emotions on a uh, medium. Hmm. Someone who's saying, like, let me take all of these things that are the truest versions of myself and put them on a shareable form, mm. whether that's a song or mm. a painting or if it's a conversation that mm. is listenable by other people. It makes hey. it easy for people, right? It makes it easy for people... Oh, that's all the siren's coming here. They're coming. They're, they're just going to come here. There it is. Okay, <laughs> so it makes it uh, a thing where... The siren has thrown me off my drill. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll get you back can do then. it. I, I can do in it. You. Yeah, but now I'm self conscious about it. I've got no. a. I'm like a stage fright with that type of thing. It's like oh. not being able to pee in public.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. It's a hard thing for a guy. It's a real problem. Or anybody. Anybody trying to pee in public and oh you my can't God. pee? I yeah.
1: had the most. I like. Did business in a unisex bathroom today and I didn't lock the door and there's mm-hmm. two stalls and like a guy totally came in and I was just like, ha 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 ha. Here we are in the
0: same bathroom. Making friends. Well, it's 2016.
1: We definitely didn't see each other, and I like I tried to do the like complimentary cough when he walked in, and I was just like, yeah, I should have locked the door.
0: Nice. I broke the rule. I I had to edit it. I know, it's okay. Okay, my dog was being too loud. I know. I killed it. I killed the dog. <laughs> <ton. laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I was thinking about... Um, how with podcasts, it would be so easy to just be like, oh my God, you're bleeding. Right, yeah, it's a non-visual medium.
0: It's a non-visual art form. So, okay, what I was talking about before, before the poop, before the dog, um, when someone lives with their art form on the outside, when someone lives with all of their vulnerabilities out there and their story out in the present, it's easy for someone to experience all of that and say, I know this person. I know them deeply, I know them intimately, and now I get to, like if I'm entering into this deeper relationship, I get to just like have that. I get Mm. to just like um, use all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes um, a lot of someone entering into a relationship like that, who is not that creative other person. Maybe they have their own creativity, maybe Mm -hmm. they have their own outlet, but whatever, if they see that and they're just saying, I assume that I know who you are already. Mm. I assume that I know what you're presenting to be the fullness of yourself. Um, It's so easy to just say, great, I'm going to use that to my advantage or I'm going to just um, uh, not have to give that much because Mm -hmm. I feel this sense of knowing someone without having that be reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really easy to be manipulated as a creative. I think it's incredibly Mm -hmm. easy to accidentally manipulate a creative Mm -hmm. individual. And maybe not even saying, like, I'm trying to do this, but just, like... Uh, if you go to a performer, a musician that you love after a show and you start saying, like, I love this mm-hmm. song that you wrote and uh, it meant all of these things to mm-hmm. me and you shared this and this and you're talking about really impactful experiences that this other person has gone through and you've seen, stared at their face and you've listened to their voice mm-hmm. and, and this is their first time interacting with you and they're trying to reciprocate you mm-hmm. as an empathetic mm-hmm. person. You're trying to give that back. And you're just, like, you're creating a, a facade in mm-hmm. that moment because mm-hmm. you're you're feigning a mutual relationship in that. And you, yeah. I think sometimes we believe it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's an, that's an intense conundrum.
0: Yeah. I sure. don't know. Do you feel like that is similar to what you were experiencing in, in that relationship? Um,
1: maybe not in the relationship, but I feel that a lot, like, at my shows. Like, people will just come up to me and they'll be so intense mm-hmm. and I'm just, like or they'll overshare mm-hmm. or which is it's fine like that's that's part of the deal like you make the art the art is no longer yours mm-hmm. like you then become a vessel for giving the art and then you become a vessel for taking because 100%. they feel like it's like this transaction and they feel like they've received so much and they have and they they feel like they want to give something back and sometimes that's like oh you gave me this like really gross Beautiful piece of your heart. So I'm gonna give you
0: my really. And what they don't realize is we just want their money. We just want their money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's true. No, 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 no. It's a little true. It's a little, just a little bit of the money. You can share a little bit, but you know.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh man. I'm I'm learning that. I'm learning how to be better and not so like snap judgmental. Sure. But I'm also learning how not to carry all their stuff with me. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah and it's tough because people are saying you're you know uh, you find someone who sings a song and that it speaks to you in a way that about a specific thing that you've been trying so hard to express mm-hmm. and you're like finally someone gets me and then you just go to them and they're yeah. like I we, this is not a shared experience mm-hmm. it's
1: tough yeah that's yeah. why I feel that like I, I'm so afraid that like Natalie and Joseph I'm just afraid that they're afraid of me because <laughs> I'm just like I relate so strongly with everything sure but I don't know you
0: yeah it's I'm a hard, hard thing. To you. Yeah, everyone's got a musician or everyone's got a, a art person. Mm-hmm. I've got like specific book authors I know I would not be cool with if I met them. I would not be. <laughs> I would not be chill. It would just uh, be gone.
1: One time, Jason Webley came to my uh, mm-hmm. tour close concert. It like on New Year's Eve. Jason Webley? I don't know who that is. He's like this really. Do you know who Amanda Palmer is?
0: Mm-mm. I'm lame. Do you know who the game it is? Ela Gaiman. Sorry, Neil Gaiman. Just keep on. uh, Neil
1: Gaiman. uh, Have you seen the movie Coraline? Yes. Neil Gaiman wrote the book that was turned into Coraline. He's married to Amanda Palmer, who is a super. Oh wait, isn't uh, Gaiman also
0: write the the writer of American Gods? Yes. I'm reading that book right now. American Gods. Yes. Shadow is the bomb. I'm like I'm like six chapters in.
1: Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, read a Nancy boys after because it's an cool?
0: unofficial cool story. I was like wait I know that name I do know that name okay I'm just bad as I said I remember in names that's okay
1: me too cool so he's okay so Neil Amanda Gaiman Palmer. wrote
0: Coraline's book that it was based on
1: yes that, that's usually what I, what I go to, to to start the string but okay. you know who Neil Gaiman is great. Neil Gaiman no. is married to Amanda Palmer okay great who's this big Dresden Dolls did you ever listen to the Dresden <laughs> Dolls <laughs> they're this punk band they're really famous they're Tight. really cool Manda Palmer is the, uh, she did the most successful music crowdfunding Kickstarter ever.
0: Cool. On Kickstarter. Awesome.
1: Um, and she's like super badass. She wrote the book The Art of Asking, which you should read. Cool. Um, her best friend, or supposedly, is Jason Webley from Everett, who is also like cultish famous cool, and really cool and I had a really meaningful experience involving Jason Webley my best friend and I have a tattoo about it and he came to my show nice at the berry house was so tight years eve and i lost my shit <laughs> and we were recording it live for the live album and it's just like every song i'm just like rushing and you can hear like my voice be like all tight because <laughs> he's there in the front row and i'm just like <gasps>
0: yeah just the cool is gone all the chill is just yeah, out the door no chill yep mm-hmm. yep yep I'm just proud that I knew who Neil Gaiman was. I'm
1: proud of you. Thanks. Looks good. That's yeah, good. I
0: got one. One out of three. <laughs> I don't pass, I I, I usually
1: through. have to go all the way to, to Coraline. Great. It's not your fault. Cool.
0: I'm all right with it. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I, I totally get that. But, yeah, some people are that to us. And that's okay. I mean, not to me.
1: Maybe not to you. To you. <laughs> not to Not me. That's
0: all right. I'm not, I'm not touring. I'm not out there like that. But
1: that's not okay. Not yet. Not
0: yet. No, it's uh, not a goal. It's not a goal. I'm doing this very much. Uh, well. Wow. I'm doing this very much in the the realm of kind of keeping it uh, a hobby level right now, mm-hmm. and it feels really good. I was talking about this with my therapist today, which was so great, um, and just the idea of the of the music that I'm playing, of the podcast that I'm doing, and just it, so much of it, much more about um, having a goal for myself, mm-hmm. having a goal of creating a world that I want to live in. Um, And that might just be uh, specific to the things I was talking about, saying, like, I want to spend an hour with people a day Mm. having conversations because they Mm. mean so much to me Mm. because I want to be invited to things. I Mm. want to be included in things. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to feel not included Mm. in stuff. And so, like, doing music and, like, living in that environment and being able to have that be a part of my life and doing the podcast, all these things just feel like I'm trying to make my life look more like what I want it to or mm. more like what I believe in and less about being like, I don't know. I, I think I've got stuff that speaks to people, but I think that if I don't, I don't know. It's a funny thing where I'm like, if I don't share my thing or if I don't share my music with the world, is the world a worse place? Probably not. Mm. Probably not. It's probably going to be okay. <laughs> I still think I have value.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that quote about the first day of psychology class? Not my psychology Not class, your psychology the class. The other one. Yeah. It's like a super famous viral quote, and it's like the professor walks in, and he's like, I know you're all here because you want to save the world, mm-hmm. and I'm here to tell you that it's okay if you only save one person,
0: hmm.
1: and it's okay if that one person is you.
0: Totally. Research is me-search. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. Me-search. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I had a professor that said that one a lot.
1: I like that. Mm-hmm. That's almost as good as I'm in a committed relationship. I call it Me. Oh,
0: there it is. <sighs> the emphasis and the snaps. And there were guns. You guys, the <laughs> future ghosts guns. can't see the guns. They but can't there were see definitely the guns, guns but they were there. there. Mm-hmm. Ah. Do you feel like, I mean, you're doing this. This is your full-time commitment are you like when you're going to be home for a month mm-hmm. are you going to be doing other side jobs is there other like occupation or is it just like adding more fuel to the musical fire
1: sort of i mean i'm home i'm in the northwest those are finger quotes for those of you who can't see they're future ghosts they're dead. <laughs> they don't exist no sure. um i have a bunch of shows booked um so i'm just going to be making money playing while I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if I had planned on taking a break from doing shows, which would have been the smart thing to do, Mm -hmm. um, I am an Uber driver. Oh, nice. And I love driving for Uber and Lyft, and it makes me very happy, but um, right before I left for tour, and sort of at the end of lyft and ubering for me i got in that like really bad car wreck right and i was on my way to pick up somebody for lift i didn't
0: really hear i don't think i heard the story about that
1: um i had just finished a defensive driving course that Tight. day um and i was driving at 2 a.m to go pick up somebody for a lift and somebody who was under so many influences mm-hmm. ran a red light going like 80 miles an hour <sighs> at two in the morning and just like literal inches from like hitting me. He mm-hmm. hit the front of my car and like Jeez. I spun out and it was so scary. I had to Fuck. drive through that intersection on the way here and it just like felt a little like my body was just a little bit panicked.
0: Sure, of course. Yeah. A little post traumatic stress. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I was having panic attacks about it for a really long time. I believe but it. I don't know. Yeah. Especially having to tour and having to
0: drive yourself everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, that was sort of the end of, like, even once I got my new car, I was just like, I can't, I can't do any driving for a living for sure. a while. I'm just so
0: scared. mm mm-hmm. uh, You weren't harmed in that accident.
1: I'm, your normal, like, back and neck, but, sure. like, no, miraculously, I That's walked crazy. away. Yeah, Jeez. It was, yeah, it was, oh, it could have been really, really, really bad. The guy who hit me mm-hmm. had a really bad injury.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's some karma. A little bit, yeah. yeah. That was a pun. I didn't emphasize it as hard. Karma. Yeah.
1: Oh, you're clever. Mm, no. No. Get it. I'm it's leaving. Funny.
0: I'll go. I'm
1: leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll see myself out. I'll pigs. head out. You
0: can live here now. <laughs> this is your home.
1: Heaven. No,
0: no, back off. One at a time. <laughs> I'll
1: take your cat first. There you go. And move
0: slowly <laughs> on your wife. That's the... That is, <laughs> all right. You heard it here. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan.
1: All right, so I will go back to the Rabbit Trail yeah. from the Rabbit Trail.
0: Um, You're going to be here, staying in the Northwest. You're going to be doing a little bit of herb Ubering. You're gonna be maybe, playing some shows. Did, you do. going to be maybe if I did, I'm not going to be. Oh, you won't, right? Shows. You won't be yes. Ubering, but you I'm going even like farther
1: it. back in the Rabbit Trail. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just want to wrap it up because I, any if I were listening to this and I'm going to listen to this i would be like, wow, like I monologued for a really long time about relationship stuff and just like proved Mr. Alex. Here, right, it didn't translate well, I'm making but that's okay. a mad face. <laughs> um, but anyways, long story short, I learned from this last relationship that I am actually oh, yes. super mm-hmm. codependent. Okay. Um, which doesn't, isn't something that I would have guessed of myself, just mm. being like, I am so cool, and I don't need anybody, and got I'm aggressive, and... That codo. That
0: codo. Yeah,
1: and being in a relationship with somebody who was also very codependent, but also very, like, not self-aware, mm. even though they th- said they were. Sure. Um, and even though they presented themselves as such, um, was super damaging and just, like, really gaslighting because it was not intentional at all on mm. his part, but he still was doing all the things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I finally got out of that. Um, and like that, like whole, like you've been using me to hurt you. Like you're, we're done. Like mm. no, I like I've never felt so used. Mm. And that was just like the cut of cutoff. He's
0: been using you to hurt himself. Yeah, okay. essentially. Like Got in you. any
1: time that like I ask for space, there would be no space and blah blah blah. So, but in the month since that's happened, I have been doing a lot of processing and that's like good. going back to like the whole community and like the Seattle um, music. Thing it all ties together with like, am I letting myself be known by more people than just like my two best friends, and then whoever I predator choose is my significant other, you know? Sure, like whoever is giving me enough attention at the time for me right. to date
0: them. Like, are you saying, like, I am a valuable individual who is presenting valuable information that people should hear and is being presented in a beautiful way, Hmm. I'm going to market myself, I'm Mm -hmm. going to let myself be known, Mm -hmm. whether it's by other people in the same industry, or people who should and would grow from hearing it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. totally.
0: Rather than just be like, well, who are my friends and who are the friends of my friends?
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know that um, I... I definitely have a tendency, and I think a lot of people do, to just like have your one or two close friends, and then all of your other social needs, you just like dump into your significant other,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and it is this really toxic, like self-sustaining thing because 100%. you cycle through these people, these like boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, um, and then. You get out and you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to be okay by myself. But you can't. Right. You're not supposed to be okay by yourself. You're supposed to have, be in community.
0: No, absolutely. And it's, I think that there is a, a truth and a joy to, like, saying, like, my significant other. If, if you're in a stage where it's, like, for me, like, as a married person, uh, I've got Heather and I can say, like, great, you're someone who... I'm going to share with more mm-hmm. more than anybody else you're yeah. going and you're somebody who wants that you want to hear these things you want to be the the support and the consistency and the voice in those spaces mm-hmm. and i want that for her. Mm-hmm. for myself uh to be that for her mm-hmm. um but that doesn't mean like that she has to be the shit shield for everything mm-hmm. like it's i it's so important to say like for me right now just being like yeah therapy's great having mm-hmm. that or having some friends that I can put other stuff on or like right now I'm doing like daily journaling and Mm, just like having mm -hmm. that outlet having musical outlets like knowing yourself as someone who has a lot of stuff to process through who knows themselves Mm -hmm. really well and the hard part of that awareness is having to like look in the mirror and say ah, fuck that yeah I gotta deal with that shit yeah (laughs) yeah and so then like knowing how to dilute that into a variety of mm-hmm. ways and process that. Yeah. And to not be someone with someone who can do that well as well, and instead to say, like, great, I have to carry you? <sighs> Come on. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of my face.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and just, like, working. I I keep telling people, like, I feel like I leveled up, and I feel like breaking up with so-and-so was, like, my boss fight. Yeah. And I, try, <laughs> I tried to do the boss fight, like, three times, and I failed. Nerd! And, then I, and I did it. <laughs> I regret nothing. I regret not mine. Good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then I, like, in this new leveling up thing, it's just, like, I'm finally able to get some space from all of my situations and be, like, okay, like, who are my top ten people? Like, who, mm. who do I have around me? Who do I go to for support? Who do I need to push away? And who do I need to bring closer? Sure. And then asking myself really dumb, obvious questions, like, in in the issue of who do I need to bring closer? Like, who has been consistent? Who has wanted to hang out with me just for me? Mm-hmm. Who has just been, like, checking up on me just because they like me? And those are questions that should be prerequisites for anybody you hang out with.
0: Absolutely. Um, like, is it feeding back into you? Or are you yeah. just giving? And it's a hard thing. You know, you have these uh, relationships sometimes that you've invested into for years, mm-hmm. maybe your whole life. Mm-hmm. And to uh, hit a moment where you say wow, I'm the only one feeding this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, this isn't a two-way street. Let me just stop feeding it for a little mm-hmm. while and see if someone else tries to, or if it just dies. And, like, having the courage to say, maybe this is just going to die and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. hard in friendships. That's hard in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I've also been thinking a lot about this idea that it's okay for those circles. I was talking about, again, talking about this in therapy today, but I, was, I think it's okay for those circles to shrink. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a natural tendency and that, of course, we're all going to feel fear of that. Like, this fear of, like, why am I lonelier? Mm -hmm. Why am I not around more people? I Mm -hmm. used to be around all these people. And, like, I think it's okay for those Mm -hmm. amount of people or those people who you trust with the same... Like heightened like mm. level of trust is is getting smaller because you're getting smarter and you know how to invest well into specific people
1: that's so interesting. We're coming from like two completely different spaces where I've had like a really close like literally one or two forever yeah. like mm-hmm. i don't I don't let a lot of people very close and if I do it's not for very long sure um, and then you're talking about like shrinking yours
0: mm.
1: and it's it's an interesting convergence, I think, because I'm I'm a very extroverted introvert.
0: Like I like Mm -hmm. my alone
1: time. I don't like crowds. I don't like groups. Mm -mm. Um and and I Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that idea of introversion not being like I don't like recharge with people. It's just like that I just need like I recharge by being by myself, but then I wanna spend my time Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. other people. Like it's a commodity and if I have no people to spend it on, then what is the value of Mm -hmm. this commodity? That's fair. Yeah. And I, I mean, saying that for you, that like seeing that in you, that you're someone who wants to have those people, who wants to have those relationships to grow that into as yeah. an extrovert. Vid- vid-
1: We're both ender. trying to find that happy balance. Yeah.
0: It's balancing. It's like yeah. coming towards the middle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just, I remember um, I was working on the cruise ships for a while and mm-hmm. that's an interesting underbelly of every industry. And it's, it was interesting because I... I hit a point where I was like I don't I don't like these people Mm -hmm. I don't like that I have to if if I'm gonna hang out with them I have to be drunk Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like I have to be drinking with them we can't just like go and hang out and like be real sure and so I spent all or most of my time just in my room Mm -hmm. um and that was where I got a lot of writing done it was where I got a lot of reading done and I just like Grew this really solid foundation of being okay by myself, mm. which is really good now that I'm spending most of my time on the road in totally. my car by totally. myself. Totally. Um, but now I'm I'm trying to backtrack and be like, okay, like how do I how do I become somebody who lets myself be known, without losing that boundary? Because mm-hmm. it's a really important thing to learn. Sure. And I don't know. It's just that's that's my new challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. And I think in knowing that self, I I wondered this when I was watching your show today. I felt I felt like there's this nice um like in between your sets you have this like really nice like way of kind of talking with everyone and checking in with everyone and it feels different from like your general conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do that. But mm-hmm. I felt like for you it was like a, a specific chosen kind of character of yourself mm-hmm. that you were presenting. And that you were like, this is the the version that I want to show mm-hmm. to people. Do you feel like that's something that you're doing, or that you see yourself doing in those settings? For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how I survive yeah. in like group situations, and mm-hmm. it's just this. Um, my friend Nathan put it really well. He he's my poet friend, and he uh, evaluated me really well shortly after we met. And he was like, he was like, on stage, it's really interesting watching you because you are so transparent with your experiences. And with your heart, but you, you're you not with your head. Like, you don't let people into your thoughts. Mm. And so a lot of what I share on stage, if it is what's going on in my head, it's very... Like, today, it was very stumbly, and a lot of just, like, oh, boy. And then just, like, I'm not going to do this song. I'm going to do a different one. Sure. Um, and that's a lot less polished than what is usually. Like, usually I am able to be more, this is who I want you to see, mm-hmm. and this is who you get. And it's not... A lie, it's just a, a concentrated, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, when people say, like, You're living my dream, it's that's just it. They only see the dream part. Yeah, oh, totally. Know? And, and so, it,
0: you're, yeah. you're presenting that specific version, you're trying mm-hmm. to make it curated because you want to send a specific message. If you just went out there and were like, Hi, I'm, I'm way up here, and now I'm way down here mm-hmm. because I'm gonna play this next song, you wouldn't have any cohesiveness, you mm-hmm. would be really hard to follow.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that it was, to me specifically, in the way that you presented, it felt very much, uh, now having like, the conversation with you that we're having, it was like, oh, that was, that was a character. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it was unique, and I think it's cool. I think it's really interesting. But it's just like, it's different. I think it's cool the way that you presented that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I lost, I was going to say a thing. We can talk about my dad.
0: <laughs> um, I was wondering if I could... I very specifically didn't say your dad when you when I talked about um, male, Father Moon. Male
1: relationships. Yeah, male
0: relationships, because <laughs> I didn't know if that was something you were comfortable talking about. Yeah, talk yeah, about your dad.
1: sure. Um,
0: my... I'll really quickly. I was at a thing like a year ago, and they were like... It was like this bunch of people on stage. I can't even remember what the event was. Um, but they were like, okay, sorry, we just gotta, like, kill some time really quick, uh, turn to the person next to you and talk about your dad. And we were like, <laughs> like, I think it was, like, at something at the Abbey, I forget who oh it was, but God. we were like, me and my friends each other, and we were like, are you fucking kidding me? That is the worst topic are. So, whose who's dad's divorced? Whose dad's divorced? Okay, you, you, and you. Okay, whose dad is, like, completely gone, you never met them? You and you? Great. Who hates their dad? And I was like, okay, I think I'm the only person who has, like, a good relationship Aww. in this group of, like, ten people. Yeah. Great. Okay, worst topic ever? Worst topic ever. Great. Let's move on. For real. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Start, don't use that as a conversation, Phil.
1: That's so funny.
0: So dumb. But, yeah, talk about your dad.
1: Yes. Uh, my dad uh, lived... <laughs> I grew up traveling yeah. um, because my dad moved to Portland from Olympia or whatever when I was two, mm-hmm. um, and so on the every other weekend I would like go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, um, and so my dad was like never really there. And then I got a stepdad when I was five, and I was like, mm, "You're taking my mom," mm-hmm. as five-year-olds do. Sure, defensive. Um, and yeah, it was just it was it was a pretty warped way of growing up I think just being in my head you know being who I was and just with my really unique seeds um and I think like my, my dad I moved in with my dad when I was like 12 and I lived with him for like maybe a year mm-hmm. um and that was my first year back in public school after having been homeschooled since second grade <laughs> Um, and it was in seventh grade, and I switched schools, like, four times.
0: Just so, just, like, awkward transition to, like, okay, how do I not act weird, and then, like, okay, let's try this again in a new school, let's try this again in a new yeah, school. Yeah, it was bad, I
1: kept having to move, and then just, like, my dad, once I grew out of, like, stuffed animal phase, mm-hmm. my dad, I don't think, ever really learned how to level with me, like... I came home one day because some kid in my computer class had bullied me about having hair on my arms, and he called me gorilla arms. And I was 12, and I did, yeah. And so I went what home. What an asshole
0: I... kid. I hope he's dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's an adult now. He can be it's, dead. It's
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not tragic anymore. It's less
0: tragic if he's an adult.
1: Uh, oh, so, my. Sorry. Wow.
0: Wow. Savage.
1: Savage. Savage. <laughs> So I told my dad. I remember yeah. when I told my dad. And he was like, well, then shave your arms if you want. No, dad. And just stuff like that, you yeah. know. And he would, like, tell me that, I, like, I looked fat in an outfit that I was going to school in. Mm. And, like, not meaning to be mean or abusive, but just he didn't know how to connect.
0: That's tough.
1: Yeah. Um, and, like, my stepdad, when I was little, he tried to connect with me, but I was so abrasive mm. that he didn't really know how to deal. And nobody really did. Mm. Um, and that's sort of why... Once I started making friends, I just, like, latched onto them.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, They became, like, a family you could trust.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, my best friend Lori, we're going to be celebrating 10 years of friendship in September. That's so good. Shout out to Lori. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think that's why, like, being a lonely, friendless kid and also, like, not having... Strong cool male figures in my life that I could really connect with definitely like it will put me in this cycle And also just like being dumb and not being self-aware and also being addicted to attention hmm. Just like weird cycle of relationships and then getting married when I was 19. Jeez. Yeah, um I'm not married now future ghosts Yeah, single pringle. How old are you ready you to divorced? be alone? <laughs> 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 I was 22 no, properly 23, because yeah. he held the divorce over my head for a year. Jeez.
0: So He refused to sign. So you, three years of marriage by the time you were ready to be divorced, four years of marriage before you were divorced. Yeah,
1: like two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. That was a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long ago was that? That was in 2014 yeah. was when he, I was kicked out of my house. And then twenty April of twenty fifteen was when he finally signed the divorce papers.
0: Whoa, so this is a year ago plus some change. Yeah. Geez, so you're you're very much in like the reinvention. It seems yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You're doing killer. Thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so you much. You seem like such like a like confident like well adjusted <laughs> person for having to like deal with such a crazy chaotic relationship we talked a little (laughs) bit before the podcast about what that's like but yeah that seems like oof what a hard thing to like switch around and like to come at life and be like okay i've come at the i've had this background of both father and stepfather saying like not being able to connect with me i have this husband now ex-husband who's saying like I don't know, like, what the causes for the divorce were, but, like, from what you were talking about, just having a really strong, very different perspective than Mm -hmm. you, just being and sounding like he was trying to make you be someone who you weren't, Mm -hmm. this is me speaking into what I think about it. You can say whatever you want to about that, Mm -hmm. but that's what it seems like from an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. And to see you just be this really, like, rich, vibrant, full-of-life person who is aware of themselves, who is unafraid of themselves, who is unafraid to experience relationship with people, mm. is not the inherent next step. Like, it oh. doesn't have to be that.
1: Thank you. It could
0: be really fucked up. Oh. And it seems like... It's like, wow, what a kind person.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm really salty. Okay, good, terms. good. Yeah.
0: Salt <laughs> so makes it sweet. That's great. <laughs> oh.
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the... How much time do we have? We're doing great. We're doing great. Okay. Yeah. The um, if you want to know the clincher on the thing with the husband, was um, sort of when like my faith and everything began to spiral as well. just I I, faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had this really, really, like super strong like dad connection with God because mm-hmm. I was sixteen and I had this moment where I was like, "Yo, I need a dad. Will you be my dad?" Sure. And I just felt this like really resonant, like, yes, I will be your dad. Hmm. We have since had a falling out and are not speaking currently. This
0: is you and God. Yes. Great. just making sure that that's, like, clear, not, like, your yes. relationship with your ex-husband. That's
1: <laughs> right. No, that <laughs> My would husband be... was not my dad. <laughs> Yo, will you be my dad at <laughs> 16? And he said
0: yes, and then we had gotten married. <laughs> no, Welcome this isn't the 1920s. To... No, Ugh.
1: No, but we are almost in the 2020s. Yeah. Bring back flapper
0: dresses, please. Mm -hmm. So, you had that relationship? I had
1: this relationship, I had this God thing going on. Yes. Um, And then I would just have these like really strong feelings and like spirit connections, and like I would know things that I shouldn't know. Sure. Um, And then when me and my ex husband started dating, um, the first time I went over to his house to hang out with him, I just felt like. I heard like you're gonna get married to this guy. Mm. And I was like, okay. Uh, and two years later, we got married mm. and you threw throughout all that time we were like really into the church and there was a whole lot of like so many prophecies being spoken over us and we were gonna build this empire and mm-hmm. all do these promises and things that I just believed with all my heart mm-hmm. and and things. And I just, I had such a strong relationship with God, and I just, I would, like, do prophetic painting, and I would do, I would sing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours just at a piano, just, like, singing my heart up. And then I started losing it in, like, summer, fall of 2013, and I remember just being so distraught because I couldn't connect over singing. I couldn't connect reading my Bible. I couldn't connect, like, listening to sermons. When
0: you say losing it, do you feel like it was, before it was an emotional response to those experiences, and all of a sudden you weren't having that same emotional response? Or what was, you feel like the the difference was, or what was that, like, changeover for you?
1: Um, It was definitely, it was partially an emotional response. It was partially, like, I was losing a lot of confidence
0: Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of
1: areas. And I think... I think a big part of that is because I was, like, undiagnosed and unmedicated, hmm. and, like, now that I am on medication, I'm a lot smoother, but I think I attributed both my highs and my lows at that time to, like, I'm connecting with God, so, like, I'm not connecting with sure. God. Sure. Totally. And mm. it's so easy to write off, like, mental health issues as spiritual issues. Especially when the church tells you to. Sure it does. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that all of the churches are doing this. I'm saying that in these situations, oftentimes, True. they are. So, Good disclaimer. It seems, yes. Side note.
1: <laughs> um, and I remember at one point in, like, really early fall of 2013, um, I hadn't connected in a really long time, and I just, like, went to church, and I got on my face, and I was like, I'm not leaving until you talk to me. Like, you have to say something, mm-hmm. because I can't, like, I, I'm not strong enough to hold out. Mm. Um and I was there for hours. I was there for three or four hours and nothing. And finally, like I'm hypoglycemic, so I can't go very long. I can't I like can't be on my face for very long. No. I can't
0: fast. No. <laughs> hey, which is it's hard when you put that on your resume. How long can you be on your face for? Only like two to three hours. <laughs> ah, you don't get the job. Yeah. It's a tough it's a tough thing.
1: Yeah, so and I was just so despondent after that and I was I felt really betrayed. Mm. Um and over a couple months like Things also started to disintegrate um, with my marriage, and that was, like, I was unemployed at the time, and we had to move back in with my mom, and um, I remember the night before my mom's birthday, my mom and my brother and sister were out camping, and we were going to meet them the next morning, um, and we were getting ready for bed, and I was like, what time do you want to wake up? And he was like, "Why why do you care when we get up? You don't have a job. And just, like, wow, so left field, right? And just that kind of, like, verbal and emotional abuse was so mm. prevalent. And it would catch me off guard. And then I would engage because I wasn't smart enough at the time. I didn't know. I didn't mm. know that you have to step back and be like,
0: whoa. Right. And also it seems like that had been told, like, this is how people are allowed to treat you if your dad's saying like, well, then you should shave your arms. Right, yeah. Then when someone says that to you, it's like, oh, you're right. I I don't have a job. Why should I?
1: Totally, yeah. Yeah. And so I would get like mad and I would engage. And the pattern of our confrontations would be he would say something out of left field. I would engage. It would escalate until I was crying. And then when I was crying, he would soften immediately and be like, what's wrong?
0: Mm -hmm. That is... An abusive relationship. Sure is. Yeah. And I mean, like, here's the crazy thing is I know as like, as an empathetic male to have seen that in relationships that I've had, to have seen that and to see like my ability to do that now as like such a real thing that Mm. I I purposefully will be like, it is easy Mm. to do that. It is easy to engage in the like, let me break you down so that I can Mm. be the one to build you back up. And I have to like back off Mm. and like be like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm doing a terrible thing. I can totally catch myself doing Mm. that with Heather, with my wife. And I have to, and, like, that's such a big, like, thing that, like, you know, it's on the responsibility of whoever's doing that to be like, look, it's your job to recognize when you're fucking up, when Mm -hmm. you're doing these abusive things. And I know you don't think you're doing it, but catch yourself. Stop. And if you can't, that you have no right to, Mm -hmm. like, demand this of another human, Mm -hmm. to demand this of another person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, so this one particular instance of that, it, it disintegrated to like me crying and him being like, what's wrong? Um, and I finally was just like, I summed up everything, and I was like, I feel like the things that matter to me don't matter to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: there it is. There. And he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, that's because they don't. Like, point blank. There it was. So, at approximately 11.57 p.m. on September 6th, 2013, I died. And I didn't know. And in October, I started having feelings for other people, for, like, my friends. Mm. And I just, like, was so distant. And I stopped stopped engaging my husband on anything. Like, I was just, like, supportive and smiley. And, like, I was so afraid of making him mad. And I just, Mm. I didn't... Realized that it wasn't my fault you know Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that somebody had done this to me Mm -hmm. um and I think that a lot correlated with my spiral into like losing faith because it was like I was promised all these things and I had such faith for all these things and like and also whenever we like went to get marriage counseling or whenever I tried to reach out to people in the church nobody would believe me and nobody would help me and anytime we got marriage counseling and I'd be like, I want to talk about how it makes me feel unsafe when you scream at me and slam doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And somehow it would always loop back around to like, well, maybe you should think about what you're doing to provoke him. Mm-hmm. And just... Oof. And not having a whole lot of... Just like not having any... Right,
0: like, and that's so yeah. hard because you're seeking out professional support. You're seeking out this advice and to have that betray you as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so disappointing.
1: Yeah, and just like praying and not hearing anything, and then, then it got to a point where, like, my husband would put on worship music, and I would feel repulsed, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was, because, like, subconsciously, he believed in it so much, and he believed that he was, like, so holy, and so good, and so forgiven, but he couldn't even have the remorse to, like, apologize to me, and be better to me, mm-hmm. like, maybe that's what it is, yeah, I don't freaking know, um, but I wrote, I wrote the song called Zombie on my, on my, uh, EP, all my long CP two years ago and that was sort of like my last worship song like Mm. this is the last song I'm writing for you Mm. um and for like God Mm -hmm. and um and it was for a while until I started thinking about it again last year and I wrote this song called uh, Gamora Burning and it's just like um (sighs) shoot it was like essentially along the lines of, like, maybe I'm tired of, like, trying to be who I'm supposed to be, and, Mm -hmm. like, maybe I'm tired of feeling like I'm never good enough, and maybe I'm tired of not feeling like I'm holy, and maybe, maybe I'm tired of trying to reconcile, like, big, great, merciful God with, like, big, judgmental, scary God who burns these cities. Sure.
0: Like, take all of these crazy perspectives that are shared across, like, a, like, a verbally, Mm -hmm. like, shared... Historical perspective and put into some books yeah. a long time ago, and just trying to be like, how do I reconcile all of these mm-hmm. differences yeah. as someone who is just trying to figure out day to day life?
1: Yeah, yeah. So in the end, like in in the song too, it just boils down to like, if you want me, come and find me. Mm. Like I'm still waiting, mm. but I'm definitely not like there's walls up, and it's like, sure. and I um. So I don't go to church. I don't read my Bible. I don't really do worship anymore, mm-hmm. but I do have. These amazing and strong and deep connections with humans that I never did before, sure. being in the church.
0: Yeah.
1: And like when I went and saw the Grand Canyon for the first time in 2014, I just cried. And I just and seeing the stars in Arizona and seeing, like all of these amazing different things, like through nature and through people, I feel more grounded and more seen mm-hmm. than like any time I did before. Sure. And
0: do you feel like yeah. then your sense of a higher power has moved into these different locations, into like people, into relationships? Or do you think it's more like, no, this isn't a higher power. This is a different thing. This hmm. is these true relationships. Is it, do you think that it's still um, existing?
1: I do think it still exists for sure. I, um, in 2014, when it all went down and when like the separation happened and when I was confronted with this opportunity to really reinvent myself and I changed my name Mm -hmm. um and the basis for that is that like I'm I'm done Mm -hmm. living in the pursuit of answers good and I'm done letting Mm -hmm. those answers be the or letting the pursuit of the answers be like the means to an end and have that be it like the bottom line is we don't know like Mm -hmm. you don't know what where where you go when you die like Mm -hmm. you don't know where your effort goes now. You don't know what happened before you were born. Mm-hmm. You don't know what happened when the world was made. Like, we don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And starting my faith over at that point of just, like, I don't know mm-hmm. and being willing to be humble in that sense and, like, being willing to have my mind changed and be willing to be shown. Yeah,
0: so true. And I love that you said that, like, the willingness to have your mind changed or just to be able to enter into a space saying it's it's not that you don't know this and now I know that nothing happens or now I know X thing or, or to say like, and now I've, I've rooted myself in this new decision. Instead, it feels like you've opened yourself up to just like the, the joy of curiosity mm-hmm. and the joy of relationships yeah. and the joy of, of the experience of like, I don't have to define everything. I don't have to give everything a name. I can just let it be and be like, what is this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe that doesn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're still with your face to the ground, but you don't have to have your face there. You can go and walk about your mm-hmm. day, and you can still be spoken to in different mm-hmm. ways, maybe by nothing, maybe by just yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, totally.
0: That's so beautiful. It seems like, as hard as that is, and as hard as you ha- it's impossible right now. It seems like for you to talk about this idea of a higher power or of God without talking about, like, your relationship with your husband or your ex-husband, sorry, uh, or with your uh, father, like... Um, it still seems like you have, like, the sense of, like, peace in in the pursuit of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Or in the, like, sitting in the unknown. Mm-hmm. And just, like, letting that be, letting that be around you. Mm-hmm. Rather than, like, oh, fuck, I know nothing and I'm terrified.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still super scary. Like, of course. Anytime, yeah. Like, having, having that car accident being in, like, a near-death experience was so... Like, I had anxiety attacks so much just because it, like, shattered this illusion of safety. Mm-hmm. And then having to reconcile that and being like, you know what? Like, the reality is, like, nothing is safe and so many things are random and you're not guaranteed anything and you don't know anything. But at the end of the day, you have to accept and embrace the ignorance of safety to survive Mm -hmm. and then walking back into that like knowingly was one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. ever just like okay like here we go blinders over the eyes like i'm gonna pretend like i'm safe
0: right and that isn't that true bravery isn't that true courage is not saying like i'm gonna walk into the street because god will protect me it's walking into the straight street saying i could die right now Maybe I'm just gonna die and then get into the other side and be like, "Oh, I made it." Mm-hmm. Not because something was protecting you, but because nothing was protecting you, but you still have to get out of bed every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, and I just I've had. That's the other thing too. Is just, I I was really comfortable um, letting like because God wanted it to, because God wanted me alive. I was really mm-hmm. comfortable letting that huh? be my excuse for being alive, and then I had friends die. Mm -hmm. Like, my best friend from middle school was killed in a car accident on the night of her wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't go to her wedding because I was like, I'll just catch up with you and we'll have real dinner sometime. Because I'm afraid of crowds and I didn't want to drive to Vancouver. And every year since I was a sophomore in high school, somebody has died. And some of them weren't even people I knew. Some of them were people who I did know who were just these, like, bright, radiant like fantastic people who killed themselves Mm -hmm. and it's like i've had i've had too many people die and i've seen too many things happen to people to justify and to have that arrogance of like no like god wants me healthy Mm -hmm. god wants me alive god has a purpose for me yeah and so like that's i i just have such a hard time connecting to that kind of like um manifest destiny that a lot of people mm-hmm. in church carry around absolutely and that's part of why I've distanced myself from it because if I if I can't be around it without being bitter and like hating somebody then I have no business being there like sure I have no right to hate
0: anyone no because they have a right to exist and maybe their ideas are dangerous and hurtful but is it going to affect it? Is it going to help mm-hmm. anyone or gain anyone by mm-hmm. you going saying exactly. and shouting at their face like, your ideas are dangerous and hurtful. Right, totally. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like if I can't go into that scenario with love and yeah. with acceptance, yeah. then I have no business being there.
0: Instead, go on a stage and sing these songs and create these ideas that say, let me represent this in a beautiful light rather than coming at it with anger. Let me come at it with joy and with curiosity and in a shared space where we can like, experience this music together mm-hmm.
1: yeah Which... i think you should definitely read the art of asking i cool. think you would love it i'll go Do check you it like out books you like books i like the books i'm a literate person <laughs> i think you would like it a lot it talks a lot about um performing and just like the exchange that happens between
0: cool. i'm gonna need a
1: yeah. new uh i have one book in my house. Soon. i nice. can bring you by. Cool. I let you borrow it by we're doing it Cool. Cool. Everybody come to my house and borrow my book. It's one No, <laughs> stop. Don't Dude wonder. thanks for coming on
0: the show and thanks Thank for hanging out and so thanks for inviting for me to your me. show. Oh, oh, it was my so gosh. tight. When is your next performance?
1: My next Seattle performance yeah. is on the fourteenth at Tarasco. My friend Emily McVicker is hosting this amazing show. Cool. Yeah. Cool.
0: I'll come check it out.
1: Yay. Tight. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, high five. Cue de the... peu <laughs>